Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. Our previous podcast that we just did a few days ago spoke of so many things happening in 2021 across the Disney parks globally. Make sure you you capture it and, and listen to it because there is a lot happening. But there was so much that we didn't have time to really do justice to the Disney Cruise Line. While things are seemingly moving at a glacial pace compared to the reopening of parks worldwide, they are moving notwithstanding. We look at a number of video presentations done recently to include new TV spots, a new announcement of the Cinderella statue on the Disney Wish, plus Port Canaveral explanations of what it's going to take to get the ships in operation again. We also take a look at some fantastic improvements that have been done to Terminal 8, which is DCL's terminal. So join us and learn some fascinating insights about what is happening on the Disney Cruise Line. We promise you're going to want a book by the time we get through with this. And be sure to check out our Disney at Play post um, on DisneyAtPlay.com as it will be able to... Um, give you some illustrations plus the videos that we we highlight let's talk first about the disney cruise line put out a new tv spot called let's dream and again that video is on the post but i wanted to dissect some of the things that we are seeing in let's dream the purpose of this commercial is to start helping people to imagine what a disney cruise line is going to look like despite the fact that we're still dealing with COVID. Um, so as you look through this commercial, you're going to see a number of things that are occurring. The first is that guests will be wearing masks in public areas, such as you see three, um, three women gathered around one of those large porthole atrium windows. So that's not surprising. It's just like in the Disney parks. But the expectation is when you're in public areas, you're going to um, to need to wear a mask. Particularly, note that that's an indoor area. Now, what they also show are guests without masks dining at the table. They're over at the uh, animation uh, restaurant. And, um, and they're sitting there enjoying their meal, but they're not having to wear a mask. At the same time, you see in the background servers with masks and clear face shields. Then you see guests enjoying the aqueduct. They are not having to wear a mask. So the thought is, is pretty much like the Disney hotel pools, you're not gonna have to wear a mask when you're swimming. I will say though, they may have to limit considerably how many are in the pool and they're gonna be spacing out those pool chairs in every conceivable direction so that there is spacing there. Um, Disney characters make an appearance in this commercial. Uh, characters like Minnie and uh, Disney face characters like Princess Tiana uh, are shown. Although when you see them, you see them. You don't see anyone else in the picture. So my guess is that they'll be waving from a balcony or from a stage or someplace, but they're probably not going to be doing the character meet and greets just like they're not doing in the park. They do show visits to Castaway Key, uh, or as they phrase it, uh, your private island paradise. 
again, trying to emphasize that you're going to be kind of enjoy the, the, the blessing of being able to spread out and having your own little piece of sand, so to speak. They also show an individualized score excursion of a family, but it's just a family. It's not a whole bunch of people, just one family. And then they end with fireworks going off of the ship. Disney's hallmark is that they do fireworks shows. What I find interesting is that the fireworks are being set off at dusk. And, you know, the fireworks are not happening in the parks. Um, but I just wonder if this might be a slight hint that like the firework bursts that were going on with Cinderella Castle at the Magic Kingdom, whenever there was a change in the lighting, uh, the, the holiday lighting on the castle, I'm wondering if there's going to be moments where we have bursts of fireworks as opposed to a show that happens at the end of uh, the pirate evening. So those were some things. Check out the commercial yourself and see if you don't see those things. Maybe you see something else. But those are the things that kind of suggest that I think we're very intentional on Disney's part as to what a Disney Cruise Line experience is going to be like. Disney also revealed on Christmas morning uh, the new statue that will reside in the, the Disney, well, in the Grand Hall of the Disney Wish. And that uh, statue is of Cinderella. Um, let me just make a note on Cinderella. I think Cinderella is great. I love Cinderella. Cinderella is already acknowledged in every ship, I believe, because... On each side, um, near guest relations on one side, and then over um, kind of where they handle, um, is it tours on the other side? Or no, actually it's near the, it's, well, I, I know that in the larger ship, it's the, um, there's, a, there's a little lounge bar kind of thing. But there are two sets of kind of thrones, very regal looking thrones with mosaics behind it that are similar to the mosaics you find when you uh, walk through Cinderella Castle. So it's always been represented there. I, I think Cinderella is perfect given the luxurious setting that they are depicting here. And that's what I wanted to kind of dive into is, and I've got a great photo that captures this. And I think it, it just illustrates a lot of what's going on. First off, that the bright the, the statue of Cinderella is bright and gold. It's not a dark bronze like like Mickey um, behind the steering uh, wheel. Not steering wheel, but the, the ship's wheel. There is a lit shelf-style unit th that stretches uh, the wall behind her. And it's filled with objects and statues one of which is actually Moana holding a spear. Uh, perhaps they're depictions of different Disney characters. Perhaps they're just depictions of diff different Disney princesses. I don't get a real sense, although maybe they kind of uh, obscured it for purposes of not revealing the name of the restaurant. There is just simply a wall right there where there ought to be doors. And there is not a... In, in the ship's you generally step up about two or three steps to go into the formal restaurant that usually resides behind the statue in that main atrium area. 
I don't see that entrance. Doesn't mean that they might put one in and they're just kind of blocking it out so you don't see it right now. Um, I want to go back to the, the the statue of Moana. I'd like to see Moana as a statue in this. I think Cinderella does work for the decor for how regal and beautiful the decor is. Let's talk about it. Um, the carpeting is a very royal blue with the fleur-de-lis style, um, what we call branches or droplets, uh, more in the in the balcony that you see the, the droplet kind of aspect of it. But it emanates and it kind of scrolls, you know, it's that fleur-de-lis style scroll. And it emanates in different directions. There are pink flower blossoms that add accents to the carpet. And that's very lovely. The railings are all gold. The chandeliers, uh, well, the main chandelier that you see is a white uh, crystal chandelier. And then there are um, gold and white chandeliers elsewhere. The walls seem to be white and or beige with white crown moldings and gold trim. Um, there are, um, there seems to be a clear pastel glass um, between the branches or droplets in the railing. Again, you have this flirtily branching uh, going on or curly cue kind of style. But if you look at carefully, you'll see that in many instances you see light golds, pinks, and I think even yellows in pastels that kind of fill those spaces. Um, very subtle, but, um, but it adds color to that um, space. Uh, there seems uh, the, the stairwell in most of the ships, the stairwell goes up to the second floor here. The stairwell stops on the second floor before then proceeding up to the third floor. A large black and white sketch or rendering of the prince and Cinderella is shown um, dancing on the second floor. And there seems to be writing. So you almost feel like this is a sketch with somebody's notes on it, but it's very large. Again, maybe there's something different going here, but but honestly, by now, um, architecturally, this is, and color palette wise, I think this is what this ship is going to look like. I think it's very clear what this is going to look like, and they're moving toward construct. They're in construction, so so this is where you you get things solid, but they might have hidden a few things or or kind of minimize some things here so that. Um, they could reveal some special secrets of the thing later on, and such as artwork. Um, I noticed the fleur-de-lis style designs on the ceiling and or under the stair railing. Um, you're going to have to see this. It, you can see it in the photo. It's a little easier to see in the video of it. And especially what you see are these white pillars that kind of stem upwards, almost like trees. Um, and um, what... What's interesting is in the video portion, it seems like it's either there, there is white trim, whiter trim on there, or it is light, um, glasses of light or um, streams of light that go up these. Um, and it, it seems like there's almost an animation to it when you see the video. So you have to check it out for yourself. At any rate, beyond Cinderella, this is a very regal, very formal um, look to 
the Disney Wish. It's it's going to be clearly very beautiful. Um, does 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 anything on any Disney cruise line not look absolutely stunningly gorgeous? I have no doubt that this is going to be perfect as well. Um, but the, you get an idea from from this what it's it's uh, going to look like. Um, it is a classic, but slightly more contemporary feel. I see that in the love seats a little bit. It's kind of similar to what I feel when I'm in the lobby of the Riviera. Um, it has that kind of balance point between um, thematic and contemporary. And um, anyway, more to come. But what you definitely see is something that's very promising. Now, having uh, shared the, the and, and taken apart those two videos, Dave and I had an opportunity to take apart some Port Canaveral videos that were done. And this gives us some insights of what it's going to take to not only ramp up to this new, um, to, to opening, but also reconstruction and additions that have been made to Terminal 8. Terminal 8 is the official Disney Cruise Line um, terminal. And uh, it has been remodeled extensively. You will see a really great visual on um, my uh, on the Disney at Play post of the whole of it. But we'll describe it in the um, podcast discussion that we have. And uh, so, uh, without further ado, let's go back to David and uh, David and I. Disney Cruise Line. This is a unique piece in and of itself. And I came across a video that was actually done in November by uh, the Port Authority. Um, actually, you know what? It was the Disney Cruise Line blog, and then they kind of uh, edited some stuff that was done by the Port Authority. But there's a whole lot of information that I have not heard. And I think we should talk about some of these things that they, yes. they're talking about. First of all, you know, we come back and forth. I don't know how I missed this in my, my mental math. We come back and forth, you know, about how the dates have been pushed back for the ships taking off and so forth. But hey, there hadn't been a terminal to take off in. They have been remodeling Terminal 8 which isn't even slated to really reopen till about April of 21, if I'm, if I'm correct on that. Um, big changes to the terminal, which already was a stunningly beautiful terminal, but it was a 20-year-old terminal. They had originally a $47 million budget. It later came out to a $36 million budget with deferments that could come back to them and part of that are for some things there in that terminal but part of it is actually for i believe is also for terminal 10. terminal 10 is supposed to be the backup terminal when when more than one disney cruise ship is in port and so they were going to do a nice remodeling not to the level of terminal 8 but definitely, but still a remodeling um, to deal with the fact that eventually they were going to have a lot more ships. The the Disney uh, Wish 
has been pushed back to when, David? Uh, it's going to be, they haven't given a date yet, but they say summer of 22. Summer of 22. This week they had a little video showcasing that the main statue in the atrium area would be Cinderella. Mm -hmm. um, had a little bit of um, nice little, the atrium looks very lovely and beautiful, as, as all of them do. Um, so with that, well, here's some things that they have done to the, um, to the new, to Terminal 8. First off, the arrival area was very, um, if you had dropped off luggage along the curb, it was a very tight space to drop off luggage. Yeah. And they were holding back crowds, um, or cars to go up to this. So they've now nearly doubled that arrival, put a canopy that stretches the whole distance of it. Um, and created another canopy that kind of carries you all the way to the terminal. So you're not exposed at all. Once you get out of your car, you're not exposed at all. It appears to the, um, uh, to the weather elements as you're going in. Um, there was between where you got out of your car and the actual terminal itself, another road that you kind of crossed over and they were always kind of, you know, there was a crossing guard there in that area. Now, most of us parked our cars in the parking lot structure and we went across the, the upper floor tier to get into the terminal. But, um, but notwithstanding, they've gotten rid of this road and they've expanded the plaza. And then what they've done is, if everyone remember, when you arrived, you went into this fairly small space where they had added in the 20 years since because it was built in 98 before 9-11. And so the addition of metal detectors and, you know, looking at your luggage and all that wasn't even something they were thinking about when they designed and built that terminal. And it was a really tight space of waiting. Yes. What they've done is they have expanded that whole first floor arrival hall. And let me just tell you, one of the great things, there, there are a couple of great things that have come out of this pandemic. And one of the great things that have come out of this pandemic are these new um, security detectors that can be, um, that, that just bring guests through very, very quickly in front of the theme parks. Um, that is such a cool piece. And I'm sure that that will help that arrival hall experience as well. But there's a lot more space. Then you take the escalator upstairs and they removed the, much of the ticket counter area, which I guess means we're going to do more of a virtual check-in. Um, and they've taken that space and added more seating, which there was never enough seating when you arrived in the terminal. So they've done that. They've talked about how they have taken the terrazzo floor, which has this beautiful mural of the Caribbean uh, as a map of the Caribbean. And they've done a renovation on that and freshened it up and, and made it beautiful. Um, and then they've added, they're adding right now as we speak, a new passenger boarding gateway or gangway. Uh, to the ship. 
And that is being added. And I have to tell you that also, once you got your photo, once you'd gotten past that area where they were doing the photo and you went up the gang, that just was, that was kind of a messy kind of area. It was very, uh, it was very sterile, especially since you could see what was coming and you knew that you're going to be on the ship soon and you could hear people clapping, you know, as they announce your family's name. So yes, any, anything they can do to, to, to gust that up a little bit, I think would be, would be good. Yeah. That thing they didn't talk about, which I think would be an important thing to put a million or two toward at least, is I find that when you leave the ship and you come back to where all the luggage is stacked, yes, I think that is about the ugliest place in the entire world. It is. Um, it just is. It's a mess. I think there were a bunch of murals in there or something. I have photos of it somewhere, but I, I just it was just it's just it's just a mess. And it needs more space. It needs, but but it needs to be, it needs to have a cleaner, uh, more welcoming look, because I just felt like, boy, you've been dumped off the ship when you went into this luggage. Yeah, welcome right. home. Uh, I wonder. Yeah, get out here. I I do love that little comment you just threw. The if I if it were me, I would spend a couple million dollars on this. So yeah, well, good. <laughs> Jeff's just spending a million left and right, like it's change he found in the bottom of his car. Um, but, uh, well, you know, they talked about spending like $130,000 just polishing the tile on the floor. I know, I know. You know, I know. It, it was just a, pieces. it was just a funny statement. I, I, I would throw a couple million towards this. Um, you know, it's like when you put on a pair of pants you haven't worn in, in six months or something and you look in the pocket and there's a $10 bill in there and you get excited. I don't know if it's the same. Uh, I, I do wonder though, we actually talked about this on a podcast of what do we think will look different with Disney Cruise Line once they reopen, I really wonder if they might not start moving just to keep people safer and keep things moving more smoothly, if they might not run to a, uh, a debarking system, right? A lot of other cruise lines, you get a group that you have to debark in that group. And I wonder if they will move to that because now it's pretty much open season. They want you to leave the ship at a certain time based on whether you're uh, first dining or, or second dining, but they don't enforce that. And so I wonder if they will get a little tighter of enforcing the your 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 debarking group one. You have to be off by this time, this time, this time to kind of space those things out. Um, and so you you'd have to do some adjustments to that that whole setup when you get off the ship where they store all the luggage uh, before you go through customs. They'd have to do some adjusting to that as well. But I I, I really wonder. I don't think if that's like a that's bad coming. thing. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing to do. I I think no, I don't either. I, I, I and I wouldn't mind being one of the latter groups because sometimes I just feel like it's a rush to get out, and, and we don't mind, you know, if if we're no longer welcome, we'll, we'll grab our our food and go. Um, but if I knew that, hey, it's really going to be nine forty five before you leave, then that kind of allows me to plan out the morning and yeah. how I want to spend that those last few minutes and to make that morning nice. Yeah, yeah, I don't getting have off. to have a Mickey character meet and greet. I don't have to go watch a movie. I don't have to go to the workout place. But I do, I do want to know how I can spend my time, um, getting off that ship. So yeah, that deportation morning is the absolute worst. Just because most people have probably stayed up late. Our kids are always up late uh, at the kids club that night and getting to bed. We have them sleep in their clothes because the morning just feels like all right. We've got to get up and. You got to pack all your stuff to leave it out that night, and then it's a, even if you might get to hang around the ship a bit more, 
they really need you out of your room because those poor stewards have to clean and turn around those rooms. And I'm guessing that will become even more of a of a thorough cleaning than they may have. Not that they weren't doing a thorough job in the past, but I'm guessing uh, pandemic cleaning uh, processes have probably will will change things forever in some way. And so they've got to turn that ship around again. We talked about before they might have later boarding the boarding might start later because there's not a lot to do on the ship that morning the kids clubs aren't open yeah. no entertainment's open it's basically you can go eat you can walk around uh and you can um go pick up your pictures if you need to uh but that's it the gift shops aren't open and so there's not really a ton to do but we're like you we 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 stall as long as we possibly can because typically we drive or we take a later flight and so we will stall like we want them to physically remove us from the ship because it's just, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's a, it's just a sad experience. It's, it's been everything it, it fun, is hard. fun, 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 fun. And then, Oh, by the way, you wake up to the sound of all the, um, you know, all the equipment and machinery loading and unloading stuff and all, all those noises. Cause you're docking the port when you wake up and then it's a, uh, oh, up, and, oh, we've got to go. And it's just, Oh, and you wake up to free internet. And now all those emails you tried to ignore. Yeah. 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 Yeah number of days are coming through and it's like oh i forgot to send this maybe this was a future podcast of the worst emotional experiences <laughs> provided by the disney company because uh, i would probably it. that's yeah. in the top oh the goodness top gracious list. that and then the uh, uh the the magical express back to the airport you haven't ever done that but the magical express back to the airport is just uh it's a bunch of sadness from inside out everybody's just <laughs> Well, because it's and 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 they try to make you cheery by showing this little video. Of, we can't wait to see you soon. Doesn't matter. It's not going to be as soon as anybody wants it. So uh, they can create their magic all they want. There still has to be reality later. I should note that for my daughter's birthday, Kat took her uh, to stay at a Spring Hill Suites, which has just been built across from the terminal. And so the view from the hotel actually overlooks, and all three three of the ships, the magic I believe is still in Europe. The three ships were in the dock that day and they could see it from the hotel. At night, one of the ships got ready to leave and they were playing a movie on the, what do you call that big screen on the top? Um, uh, Funnel Vision. Funnel Vision. They yeah. were playing a movie and the ship was taking off and, it, and you could, she couldn't quite make out the movie, but she could tell that the movie was being played. You could hear noise. And it just felt like, okay, was there a, was there a cruise we didn't know about? <laughs> You know, they were just like taking off. And I think they've had to do that for a number of reasons to support a number of things going on. But, but uh, yeah, no, we long, we long go back to the cruise. Um, so in addition to showcasing the changes that are being made to the terminal, which look great, there's some other things that were covered by the port authority um, that I think were really kind of interesting. Um, they provide a certification to the ship and it's per ship, not per cruise line. So every boat has to go through the same certification process to get to where it needs to be. With that comes a zero COVID tolerance. And to make that occur, they are requiring a ship. And I played this back to make sure I understood this. There will be a shipboard testing process with the and the expectation is that you must be able to test for COVID of your passengers on and crew before um, 
once on board the ship, when they get on board the ship, and when they get off the ship. Um, that was interesting because I thought, well, okay, we're new terminal additions and everything. They could probably find some space to do all the... But according to what they were saying in November... Now, mind you, CDC guidelines could be altered a little bit. And I would prefer if they did it before you... After you got off the ship, but maybe not. Um, they are requiring that that you do be tested getting on and you are tested as you get off. Um, yeah. They must require simulated cruising, which means allowing guests a free cruise or allowing cast members, which will probably be the larger bulk of it, before what he said, be quote, before revenue gathering can happen. So you have to simulate each ship has to simulate one or more times a simulated cruise. So for the three at in Port Canaveral, that means there's going to be somewhere between three to six voyages that are going to be taken off. Now, I don't think they're going to be long ones. They might be a two day kind of thing or two night kind of thing. But um, but the expectation is that there's a slow buildup here. Cruises, I don't know if you were aware of this, and I'd be interested in what it says online, but between now and November 1st, cruises out of Port Canaveral cannot be longer than seven days. Yeah, they've actually canceled uh, cruises longer than... So, so it's basically uh, some eight... I think there's like an eight or nine-day Southern Caribbean. I think they also canceled one of the Panama Canal ones, maybe. Um, one of the repositioning cruises. So yeah, anything longer than a seven day, which basically just leaves the three, the four, and the seven night out of Orlando. There may be a couple um, five night wonky ones here or there, and obviously some five nights out of Miami. But in, in Orlando, that would just leave uh, the the three and four night rotating Bahamian cruises, and then the seven night alternating Eastern and Western Caribbeans. Yeah. So that's that's a, a factor to be considered. There are also new port agreements on how many, this is kind of interesting, new port agreements on how many ships can be in port at any given time. Now, hmm. I thought that, that they were talking about like being in, uh, in port in the Bahamas or, or in Jamaica. But what he was really referencing in his example was how many would be in, in the Port Canaveral um, port at any time. And, and given CDC guidelines, if you assume that some percentage might end up getting sick, or could potentially get sick, they don't want to overrun those hospitals within that local region. Right. And so they have got to come up with a, you know, so even when they get going, it may be that all of the Disney cruise ships don't get to work. Um, as long as they are, all three are still in in this port area. So, um, so that was kind of out there. And then the last thing I caught from this video was that crew members will not be able to get on or off the ships until this conditional sailover order is over on November first. So, theoretically, to go take that dentist appointment in Port Canaveral is not something you're going to be able to do. Um, or, you know, go to Walmart and grab, you know, a, 
a new swimsuit or something of that nature, which, you know, cast member, crew members do all the time. Any rate, it, it was a, it was a very surprising set of announcements that made me kind of wonder if those conditions, along with the others that we have talked about, and we've had, we've had some other conversations about what the crew's experience would look like in terms of dining, in terms of um, uh, the kids' clubs, in terms of entertainment. We haven't even gotten into that on this, but we have in previous, and we'll put a link on, on this. There, there's a lot to consider, uh, at least at this point, with the Port Authority and up until November 1st of 21. Yeah. Well, I think the bottom line to almost this entire conversation is we're looking forward to 2021, but I would say please don't expect 2021 to feel normal in any to way. Feel like in terms of the Disney parks. Yeah, right. Don't and think you, you're rolling back to 2019. Well, and you see all these soon. posts on social media. We're so ready to get done with 2020. Bring on 2021. Like there's not a magic <laughs> switch that flips <laughs> at midnight. I mean, you know, the ball may drop. But it doesn't mean that all of a sudden life goes back to what it was in January of 2019 or, you know, December of, of uh, or, sorry, January 2020 or December 2019. We may want it to, but it's going to be uh, so much has been affected that it's going to be a slow, slow going back. And, you know, Disney Cruise Lines also talking about the people not being able to get off the ships. Those cruise lines are going to have to figure out, you know, maybe they have to increase their medical staff for more than one reason to be able to. Yeah to get those 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 crew their their doctor's appointments and uh companies will probably have to figure out uh you know grocery delivery like Instacart or something like that if those cast members want to be able to go and get things cuz they're they're on te- typically 6 7 or 8 month contracts and that would be uh April May June July August September October that'd be a 7 month contract if they start if they start April 1st and I can't imagine things starting April 1st right now they're canceled through the end of March but I would assume it's probably going to be June or so. Well, the example the Port Authority gave was there's this apparently this little restaurant in the in the in the port area for crew members to kind of get off ship and go and grab a bite to eat or I don't know if it's a restaurant and a bar or a little store or whatever is attached. But it's this little commissary, commissary kind of thing is what I'm thinking of for mm-hmm. the Port Authority. Well, since the cruises. The cruise business closed. That has that that has not been open. And the thing they said is that when these ships start sailing again, it won't be opening then because they uh, they um, cat crew members won't be able to get off the ship and go over there for a bite to eat um, yeah. up until November. So a lot of economic. Uh, difficulty to um, the Port Canaveral Cocoa Beach area as a result of this industry being so down. And um, it's a lot more to come on that. That is probably going to, uh, we talk about how difficult Disneyland has to get back up and running. This thing is probably even more difficult. And we haven't even considered what might lay in wait for the magic out in Europe, which apparently, as I understand it, has stayed out there um, during this time. So Hmm. more to come. Meanwhile, David, thank you for being part of this podcast and for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. 
just as a footnote to my discussion with David, I have since learned that um, they are going to be doing something to that bottom uh, luggage area, which you yeah, honestly can't take photos of because it's kind of that um, uh, TSA kind of space. And um, But it's a disgustingly ugly area, and I know they're at least putting paint and hopefully something a little bit more aesthetically pleasing beyond that uh, to that space. They also, um, in another presentation by Port Canaveral, talked about how they were modifying Terminal 10. Terminal 10 sits adjacent, I know, where's Terminal 9, to, to Terminal 8, but it's the one adjacent to Terminal 10 on the south side. And it will also serve as a terminal to um, the Disney Cruise Line. So when you go to, on your very first voyage with uh, Disney Wish you may be coming out of Terminal 10 instead of Terminal 8, depending on how many ships are in harbor and so forth. But but um, but that's a reality um, that they are preparing for. And, the, and Port Canaveral has apparently putting in uh, a large number of, uh, a large amount of technology, kind of, I think, in LED, LED screens that will convert any terminal uh, to, to have a look and feel uh, that aligns with the ship that's actually being docked there. So I think it's gonna look quite promising. Again, if you've been in other terminals, I've been in San Diego, uh, Miami not so bad, but San Diego was terrible. And you can't, uh, bunting and posters and uh, it just doesn't do enough to, to really make you feel like you've arrived like Terminal 8. But be nice to know that they've done something to improve Terminal 10 as well. My thanks to David Zanola for joining me on this podcast. And um, I appreciate his support and friendship as we share our love of all things Disney. If you need support in not only visiting all places Disney, but in booking any of your travel needs, please visit my co-host David Zanola. David is the owner and agent of Out The Door Travel LLC. There's no cost, but it could save you a lot of time and even money, especially when you put it in the hands of someone who really knows Disney and travel. Reach out to David today or find him uh, on this post for this podcast at disneyatplay.com. If you really want to share the magic of the show, please consider adding a comment or a positive rating on iTunes. It will do so much to help others find out more about this, the littlest podcast that ever could. And make sure that uh, you also check out our sister site that goes with disneyatplay.com. It's disneyatwork.com. It's a part of Performance Journeys, my company, and it's committed to helping you improve your organization. If you'd like a keynote speaker or a seminar for your business, conference, or higher education group, we offer a variety of topics to include leadership, employee engagement, customer service, and teamwork. Know that when you invite me to speak or work with your organization, you are hiring someone who has successfully applied these ideas in the transfer scores of organizations for over 25 years. For more information, please visit disneyatwork.com or performancejourneys.com. Better yet, 
just contact me by email or phone. Either of those websites will give you my contact information and just talk to me about what's happening in your workplace and how I can help you take your organization to the next level. Listening is the best gift I can give you. Feel free to reach out and discuss your needs. Want to embrace more of the magic? Do you want to know more of the insights and happenings at the Disney parks? You have to join our brand new Patreon page where we have podcasts, videos, and interactive apps you can't get anywhere else. In our first two tiers of Explore and Discover, we look at some amazing Disney discoveries as we dive into the many themes and details of the parks. Those in the Navigator and Adventure levels experience our Disney at Work content I just spoke of, where we look at best in business ideas from the happiest places on earth through our interactive Disney at Work online tours, plus so much more. Membership begins at only $5 a month, and the first few months, all of our proceeds, 100%, are going to support Embrace Celebration, dedicated to helping furloughed and unemployed folks most affected by this pandemic in the shadows of Disney. So as you receive your stimulus check or that uh, that little Christmas uh, check from grandma or whomever it may be, think about just carving out a few dollars towards something really good and getting something really great in return. Well, that does it for today. In the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, we leave you with the words of Alan Menken. Always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.